Hi, this is Rahman Sheikh. Welcome to Fortnightly Railway Transportation Systems Podcast. I am the host and railway systems specialist working in this industry for 24 years and counting. This podcast is primarily focused on railway experts who have vast amount of experience and contributed greatly to this amazing industry. This is not a technical seminar but focuses on feel good stories, individual journeys, their success and failures, motivating younger generation to kick start their career in railways and creating a sense of pride for the railway people who devoted their lives on the most environment friendly public transportation. Our guest for this fortnight is Vijay Kumar, Director Engineering Sydney Metro. Vijay is an engineering graduate from Birla Institute of Technology, Ranchi, India. He started his professional career over 35 years ago. He is an electronics and communication engineer with over 33 years of railway engineering experience and management of rail-based transport system. Vijay is a chartered engineer and is an engineering executive and fellow of Engineers Australia and Institute of Railway Signal Engineers. Vijay began his career in rail systems through Indian Railway Service of Signal Engineers. He has held senior positions in Indian Railways under Ministry of Railways. Later, Vijay moved to Australia in January 2006. Vijay has held senior executive positions of global vice president engineering and freight solutions in ansaldo sts now hitachi rail sts and head of engineering australia new zealand and asean in siemens mobility vijay comes with 11 years of metro railway and 22 years in integrated rail systems and large infrastructure projects experience he is known within the industry for his high skills in integrated rail system and systems engineering and integration with the domain and product knowledge of cbtc etcs level 2 driverless systems especially his involvement in design development systems integration and assurance of various projects is widely appreciated vijay is a visionary strategic collaborative and purpose driven leader with a track record of growing and providing professional services of railway system with a valuable combination of leading strategy business transformation and organizational change experience hi vijay welcome to railway transportation systems podcast thank you rayman for inviting me and having me in your podcast So this is my genetic question so before I start can you tell us your professional transport industry journey so far thank you rahman uh, i graduated in a degree in electronics and communications engineering in 1987 and i started working for the tata group after my graduation then i appeared in the indian engineering service examination conducted by the union public service commission in 1988 railway engineering services used to be the first choice and i happened to join the railways being in the top 20 in the merit list that's how my career in railways and transportation system started so we went through a two year training course in uh, indian railway institute of signal engineering in uh, secunderabad railway staff college vadodara and then on job training in various training institutes of civil electrical mechanical engineering locomotive coach and wagon facility factories of indian railways all of the management and administrative bodies my first posting was in eastern railway which had its headquarters in calcutta 
before moving to Mughal Sarai, which is near Varanasi, as a divisional engineer where I was posted for around four and a half years. I got a chance to work in Delhi Metro in August 1998 as a deputy chief engineer and was very fortunate to get the opportunity to work on the first automated metro being built in India. Obviously, there was not much experience in India at that time on metro system, but we had lots of trainings. I, in particular, had undergone training in Japan, uh, three months with JICA, uh, in Singapore, in Hong Kong and Europe, and was involved in the first three lines of Delhi Metro Rail Corporation. Then uh, after December 2005, when the first three lines were built, I got an opportunity to move to Australia with Ansaldo STS, which happened in January 2006. And then I had been with Ansaldo from uh, January 6 uh, till November 2016, having been principal system engineer to vice president for system engineering and was involved in multiple advanced railway system projects like ATMS, the world's first driverless system for heavy haul based on ETCS level two, popularly known as auto haul. Roy Hill, which was an ETCS level two based on virtual bullies and GPS-based LDS. That was also world's first. Then I moved to Siemens Mobility in uh, November 2016 as a head of engineering, Australia, New Zealand, and ASEAN. And I was there till March 2020. Then I moved to Sydney and worked in this metro project of uh, Sydney Metro for MTR. And uh, here I am in Sydney Metro as a director of engineering, working for rail systems and functional integration since uh, last uh, 17, 18 months. Wow, such an interesting and diverse journey. I know you are a combination of talent and skills. You add up great performance, Vijay. So you started your railway journey with Indian Railways. Can you tell us how it is working with Indian Railways? As you know that Indian Railways dates back to over 160 years ago. On 16th April 1853, the first passenger train ran between Bori Bandar, Bombay, which is now called Mumbai, and Thane a distance of 34 kilometers. It was operated by three locomotives, and those locomotives were called Sahib, Sultan, and Sin, and had 13 carriages. So today, the Indian Railways is the fourth largest national railway system in the world by size, with a total route length of 68,000 kilometers. Runs 12,600 trains to carry over 23 million passengers daily, and runs more than 7,400 freight trains, carrying 3 million tons of freight every day. So that's the organization we worked in. Railways inducts engineers from Union Public Service Commission. And one has to be in the top 15 to 20 amongst the millions who appear in the examination to join Indian Railways. It's a premium service. I joined Indian Railways on 22nd January 1990 and started my training of two years at Iriset Sikandrabad. It's a comprehensive training, two years, where you rotate through the other engineering discipline, training institutes, management institutes, R&D institutes, on-job field training. And then you have to pass two examinations in order to be posted in the operating railways. It's a very big organization. In my time, it was 1.6 million employees and was divided into nine zones, and every zone had more than four to five divisions. So one can get a posting in ONM of a division called Open Line. That's the normal word that is used, or in a projects division to build new infrastructure. So I have gone through all these phases of ONM projects and was fortunate to have worked on some very advanced technological systems and projects, like the interstation block working over 18 gigahertz radio system station to station instead of normal copper cable-based system. Lots of multiple aspect color light signaling, communication system, and the biggest route lay interlocking of Asia, which was in Mughal Sarai with 1,400 routes. Very enriching experience as one has to manage not only the technical management of rail system strength control and signaling, uh, you have to manage a staff strength of around 1,500 as a minimum. 
and interdiscipline coordination amongst various engineering and transportation disciplines. It's a 24-hour working because trains don't stop at night. And any incident and failure would require our involvement depending on the severity of the incident or failure. So there was a saying in the Indian Railway, we all used to joke with each other, we don't need to go and get the MBA degree. We get it five times over a period of five years, given the intensity of the work we were involved in. So that's Agreed. Indian Railways that uh, is very, uh, very, very comprehensive and enriching experience to have worked with Indian Railways. I agree, completely agree. Even I served 9.5 years with Indian Railways. What a great stats. Not many would have known about them, Vijay. Thanks for sharing. Now from Indian Railways to Delhi Metro. As we know, Delhi Metro is the first automated railway in India more than 20 years ago. How did that make you grow professionally? You know, Rayman, I got an opportunity to join Delhi Metro in August 98. And the project had just started. So even the office was temporary. So everybody used to sit in a big hall, except the managing director who used to sit in his chamber office. It was a complete new area for all of us to build a metro in India. And uh, none of us had a background of what is today called a CBTC or a system which integrates rail systems, ENM, trains and infrastructure. So it was quite a new frontier for us. So we had a general consultant which comprised of PCI, PBI, Tonichi, Jarts and Rights. So that was uh, basically the consultant and the engineers of the project. I was fortunate to have been seconded to the general consultants to work in the rail system area. So as I said earlier that I was sent for a three-month training in Japan advanced signaling system, which included all this ATP, ATO, and ATS, and computer-based interlockings. I was sent to other trainings as well, to MTR, to uh, Hong Kong, to SMRT in Singapore, and many study tools to study about the metros around the globe. That was the, let's say, the launching pad of the learning process. The project was of three lines in phase one, 55 kilometers, two different suppliers, line one and two Alstom, with U200. What we have today in Australia is a U400, so that was the precursor to that. Line three was with Siemens, and these three lines had over more than 40 to 50 trains to be done with this ATP and ATO. It was a complete experience, starting from concept design, writing the tender specifications, review of the technical proposals, finalizing the tender. Then we moved to design review to meet the technical, uh, to understand how the system design meets the technical specification, installation, system integration, test and commissioning. Experience of a lifetime, Rahman, to integrate the ENM, trains, signaling and comms, to get to work together safely and effectively to deliver the headway and the capacity that we specify. And additionally, the whole of learning and how system assurance is carried out with the involvement of ISA and safety authorization from Commission of Rail Safety. This was the first project in India, which was done in accordance with the CENLEC standards 50, 126, 128, and 129. This project of around seven and a half years that I was there with made me move from a conventional signaling engineer, a systems engineer, to a new generation of system engineer with focus on system engineering, integration, assurance, and to get expertise on advanced signaling system of ATP, ATO, ATS, which is CBTC, tunnel ventilation, power, non-power, SCADA, Tetra radio system, fiber optics, PAPIDS, and you name it. So that was a very, very extensive experience uh, that we got of seven and a half years that uh, made us move from one scale of working to another scale of working. Wow. Metro has kept you occupied and active. I believe gaining new skills and work experience help reach goals in our careers, uh, such as yours. So from migrating from India to Australia and working from client to supplier side, how was this transition right? Please share the change and how hard was it to adopt? 
Rayman, uh, we decided as a family to move to Australia to explore future opportunities, having learned and grown in modern train control and signaling system over the last 17, 18 years from 1918-1990 to 2005 December. So I was looking for opportunities and there were plenty galore because of involvement in Delhi Metro, which was the launching pad of having worked there for seven and a half years for three lines. So the decision to come to Australia was also influenced by my sister and brother-in-law being in Australia. They are doctors here. Uh, Ansaldo STS offered me a, a job of a principal engineer, and I joined them in January 2006. It was a big change for us. Not many things that we were aware of, not many things that we anticipated. It was a cultural change from India to Australia because it's two different culture. Fortunately, we adapted very quickly. As uh, both me and my wife, uh, we were uh, coming from that British school background and having worked with general consultants does help. The other challenge was the work culture change professionally. To adapt from a most modern technological project to a more conventional signaling project, as was most of the projects in Australia at that time. So that was a big, let's say, professional cultural shock or a change. And then the pace of working. Having driven Delhi Metro for seven and a half years as the chief signal engineer, then coming to the supplier side, it was a new paradigm. It was a new new way of working. It was a bit slow as well compared to what people may not realize in, uh, that in India, it was much fast-paced, especially Delhi Metro. The change from client side to supplier side was another adaptation because, as I said, it was going to a more conventional signaling and then your scope of work was limited to what the contract was uh, getting you to do. Uh, then, uh, obviously, we were looking at uh, to see how advanced systems opportunities come through. We were very fortunate to have the opportunity in Ansaldo to start with the proof of concept of ATO, which later on became Auto Hall, which uh, later part of my career. Yeah. There were new frontiers were opening up, uh, new solutions to uh, meet the market needs, working with R&D team back in Europe. And that was the, let's say, some of the challenges and opportunities that we got. But yes, it was a change and we adapted to it. Uh, it was not a smooth change. It takes time, but uh, everybody has to adapt, adapt to the uh, new circumstances and situations and to grow with it. Wow. Change is really hard. You know, hearing to you, looks like you've covered all the four components of change management, communication, commitment, community, and clarity. You know, I also know that uh, you have worked in some legacy projects. What were the engineering challenges in designing, developing, integrating, and delivering, such as world's first autonomous heavy haul railway based on ETCS level two and being driverless? Rayman, this is a very good question and very close to my heart. As you know that um, you were in Ansaldo working with me at that time. So yeah. at that time in January 2010, Ansaldo was unified globally. So that integration of Ansaldo globally gave us and brought many opportunities to learn and grow and to define solutions which can be cutting edge. We were able to relook at the auto hall system architecture to be based on ETCS level two and also define a new ETCS level two solution based on GPS, based location determination system for Roy Hill. It was a complete technological shift from a conventional system to an integrated system based on ETCS. Both of these projects were one of its kind. And this type of opportunity, one only gets once in a lifetime. Now, to okay. name a few things specifically on Auto Hall, it started uh, you know, from a basic input being an operational requirement specification that came from Riotin to the client. So it was basically you start from first principles, develop the system requirement specification, the system architecture design, have the system baseline, have the integration strategy of the system, 
RAM strategy, etc. Use of ETCS level 2 as the basis of the system, then use ATO on top of it because there was no ATO over ETCS that was done previously. And that too, for even for a heavy haul railway and other associated systems. The other big challenge was an ETCS level 2, not with GSMR, because in Europe, ETCS is defined with GSMR. So this was a packet switch data network. Today, people call LTE 4G, but we did that uh, in auto hall with a packet switch network that was called data radio and not GSMR. And the one of the most important feature was that when there is a communication link break between the uh, RBC, which is the radio block center, and the onboard EVC, due to some radio coverage problem, a satellite was used as a backup communication for communication with the RBC to the EVC. First time in the world. Next was that uh, the another first time in the world was that, as you know, Bilbara is 1,500 kilometers from Perth. The operation control center was in Perth. So the RBC was in Perth, 1,500 kilometers away, going through a dedicated lease line, talking to the wayside network. There were existing interlockings. So you had to get all the vital data of the interlockings through a gateway in, in, from Pilbara over that lease line. And th- there was no optic fiber in some sections. You know, the old technology of using rail as a communication between two microtracks interlocking was used. So we put data communication of the interlocking to the gateway in Pilbara and then over a radio, point-to-point radios. Then there was no uh, automatic train operation for heavy haul at 240 wagons, 2.5 kilometer long train, 30,000 tons and more. Okay, That type of thing, a railway. So it was basically that driving strategy was coming from New York Airbrake in U.S., but they, they had experience in that. Uh, we integrated this part of the ATO. And then a number of new subsystems like uh, uh, obstacle detection system and level crossing, the video image capture system, the collision protection system on the train. May, these were the main technical challenges besides many other things which were there. But then there was a system integration issue of integrating the various subsystems, number of them together, and to be safe and, and operationally effective. So we started in different configuration states with just ATP, which is basically called GOA-1, then with only ATO with a GOA-2, then GOA-3, and, and then finally GOA-4. This was uh, the, all the system development was as per the EN standards, 51, 26, 28, 29. Safety case with ISA at the generic product, generic application level in Europe, and the specific application level in Australia. That was the first ETCS level 2 in Southern Hemisphere. It went to the Guinness Book of World Record in 2020. Number of technical challenges, number of technical firsts, and a really once-in-a-lifetime project that I'm very, very fortunate and proud to be associated with. Brilliant. Really, me too. Intense. This is really, really intense. And you touched the system integration part, which my previous guests, Mark Wilde and Thais, also covered this. It's very, very crucial. There are many engineering challenges in projects, but this particular project looks like is centered technological advancements, project management, skills. Amazing. To achieve all these good things which I so far we discussed, continuous learning is key. As we say, learning ends at graveyard. Can you share the importance of continuous learning, especially in developing skills in products within new technology, such as ETCS Level 2 and CBTC? Rayman, the most important thing is to keep your mind open and always keep learning. That's the basic point. Then, when we want to develop new skills in new technology, we have to consider the following. Have your basics of rail control systems, including conventional signaling, strong. 
because both ETCS and CBTC and any future advanced signaling system or control system will always be based on conventional signaling. The starting point is always your foundation of conventional signaling system. So you just cannot learn CBTC without knowing signaling. That's point number one. Then uh, one has to change the approach for looking at things. Rather than looking from bottom up, one has to start looking from top-down system-based approach coupled with RAMs, safety, reliability, etc. Once we start these two things, have your basics right, change the way to look at things, this will help in better appreciation of new systems and technologies. Then once after having done this, then we have to look at another area. Look at the functional and system requirements rather than the detailed design to understand as to how the system functions and why it is defined and developed the way it has been. What is it that it is trying to perform? What objectives are being met? And this is what one has to look at with a new way of thinking. Participate in these areas with your peers and mentors. Hands-on, on-job involvement is key. Finally, keep thinking and behaving like a student to keep learning. That's what I would recommend to people. What an answer. I strongly believe that the people in engineering and especially engineering students would love listening to you. That's really intense. Really, continuous learning and education helps to improve job performance, individual competitiveness, and employability. Thank you for sharing, Vijay. It was really nice, really nice. Where do you see railway transport system moving in the next five to 10 years? Raymond, based on what I have seen in the last 30 odd years, I see more and more shift towards performance-based system, where the focus will be more to understand the customer need and expectation, to define the best fit system solution, fulfilling a definitive set of system requirements with proven system assurance techniques for the acceptance by customer. That's where I see all these things moving. So I expect the customer will come with their operation requirements, reliability, availability expectation, motivation for upgrade, maintenance speed, RAM targets. And the industry will have to come with system requirements, system architecture, system integration, system VNV, system assurance to fulfill those objectives and the needs of the customer. That's where I see things moving very fast in every aspect in the railway systems. Well, you actually covered a lot in this. What I could hear from you, which is and send is you, something you're talking about, cutting edge products, technology, and innovation. I hear a lot. Wow. It was really a pleasure talking to you. Before I let you go, Vijay, can you share your one piece of advice to our listeners? Oh, most certainly, Rahman. My one piece of advice to our listeners would be, believe in yourself. Keep learning and go outside of your comfort zone to explore new frontiers. Success will be yours. And the last statement that I would like to make as my parting statement is, you know, success is the result of perfection, hard work, learning from failure, loyalty towards the work you do and persistence. That's how you succeed. Amazing. It looks as if I'm listening to a teacher. 35 years of experience speaks volumes. Indian Railways speaks volumes. Thanks for your time, Vijay. Thank you, Raymond. I believe everyone listening to this podcast has got something to take away from today's discussion. If you like this podcast, please listen, follow and share this podcast 
within your network if you believe we should be sharing your story or someone within your network there is a railway leader who should be here sharing his or her contribution to this industry contact me on railway transportation systems at gmail.com thank you for your time today see you next fortnight until then stay safe and take care of yourself